All right, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about compersion in polyamory. So what is it, right? How do you get it? And just importantly, like what are the myths around compersion that a lot of non-monogamous people believe? All right. So hang on and let's jump in. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships. This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving, passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before? If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place. All of this information is 100% free. So please subscribe to and review our podcast. So Cassie, what's been new in our world? A lot of new words. The little lion is talking up a storm and has a lot of new things to say. Well, it's actually funny because I'm having a harder time understanding her now than I was when she had less words. Yeah, when she had a handful of words, even though they weren't super clear, we knew what they were. But now like, you know, peanut butter, bubbles, and Bob Ross all sound very similar. Yeah. And then the baby like thinks you're stupid and like grabs you by the <laughs> face and like enunciates into your face. It's Bob like, Ross. You want peanut butter? Bob Ross. And to explain the Bob Ross thing, because probably our listeners are like, why does your baby know Bob Ross? She because wants- she's a prodigy and she's painting at 19 months old and they're beautiful. <laughs> There's happy little trees. and uh, Because she really likes Bob Ross before she goes to bed and she really likes the little tune to Are you sure she doesn't like because that's the only TV she gets? No, she actually, every time the song comes on, she starts rocking out to it and then she asks again, which is one of her other new words. Um, to listen to it. But no, she really likes it and she likes trees and she knows the word tree. So the whole time she's like, trees. Uh, I'm not looking forward to leaving her in Maryland. Mm, No. Uh, We're leaving at the end of the month to go uh, do some training and we're going to be gone for like 10 days. Oh, we're going to be gone for like a week and then quarantined. Yeah, all together. Three days when we get back is more what it is. Yeah, so it's going to be like 11, like 10 and a half, 11 days of No Little Lion. We do these trips, what, like maybe three times a year for training to help our clients. So this is going to be, yeah, two. So we went in June and then, well, no, there was one earlier, but it was was virtual. Yeah. It was virtual. So they're, they're actually having it in person this time and we're going to get to go and learn a bunch of amazing stuff and bring it back to our clients. It's one of the things that we do to kind of up our skills and better serve the people that we work with. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you spend like a hundred thousand dollars on training a year to better serve your clients as you wind up traveling. So that's part of that. So Mm, it is what it is. I'm, like I said, I'm mainly, you know, remember a time when traveling was like exciting instead of stress inducing (laughs) (laughs) oh yes like pre-2020 you mean (laughs) like it was like we're traveling how exciting now it's like oh god we're traveling it's stressful covid tests come back quarantining from the baby who we were really hoping to take on this trip back before delta was Mm -hmm. a thing yeah we were hoping to take the baby so that way like hoping covid would be like this yeah. was in like June, folks. Like we were hoping yeah. COVID would be like way more settled down by now than it is. Yeah, we were hoping that like Amanda could come and the kiddos could come and they could enjoy their time, you know, out there while we were getting training. So it's nice the baby has a mom at home though while we're training. That yes, ideal because otherwise I don't think it would be possible. So look, here's the thing. This is like poly co-parenting nesting partner win right here. Two parents are going away for training. <laughs> And there's still a parent who's able to be home uh, with the kiddo. So that is a a huge win. And just talking about that, like talking about that idea of like, you know, the kids and COVID and stuff like that. The little lion also has a bubble buddy right now. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So the the little lion has a COVID uh, bubble buddy. 
Let's explain what happened. We got tired of this baby who had never seen another kid her own age staring longingly across the park at kids and wondering why she couldn't go meet them. Yeah, she's been really, really sad that she has not had any little people friends. Um, And so we have a friend who is at the same sort of risk level and their kiddo doesn't have any other kiddos that they're interacting with. So we were like, we will bubble them. So they will be their only non-vaccinated friend, family member, etc. Um, so that way the two of them could have someone to interact with. That's their own well, age. Well, they're about the same age mm-hmm. and the parents are close to us and are friendly. So Yeah. So it's, it's worked out really well, you know. And um, our daughter, on the other hand, um, is struggling a little bit because... Now that she has another human her size, she's so happy to see this other individual who is like her size and playing with things that she is. And she just wants to touch him. She's just like, please let me touch you. Which is so funny because she was and we didn't like do this intentionally, but it was just her. So the little lion was born the weekend that the U.S. went into lockdown. Like she was born like two days before we wouldn't have been able to like be in the hospital with Mm -hmm. you. And, and so it's funny because up until recently, she would like social distance herself. She's like, people are awesome, but you need to be like six feet from me or it's weird. (laughs) Right. And now she's just like, friend, I'm going to tackle you. Like, yeah. She's like tackling him. The first time they actually interacted, me and Amanda joked that it almost seemed like she didn't think that he was real because like. She was sitting next to this kid and she's like, uh, and then she just starts like reaching out and poking him with one finger and touching him and then looking at me and Amanda like, is this real? Is it a real human? And we're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it's a real, real small human. It's a real small human. So we've had to have some conversations and I think it's important, like even at toddler age to be working on consent. Like we're like, you know, look little lion. He's telling you, no, he doesn't want to be touched right now. He doesn't want to be hugged. I think that's the biggest problem you're having with that though, is he doesn't actually talk. So he's not actually saying no. So she's kind of like, no, he's not. <laughs> he doesn't what, what mean you talking no. About? He didn't say no. Um, so we're, we're having to work a little bit on like body language, body language. No. Um, and you know, talking to her as much as we can. And you know, at this point, you know, she just, she really wants to hug him. Um, and he just does not want her to hug him right now. But it's adorable and cute. And I think it's really awesome that she has a, a small human to interact with. So I think that's kind of caught up on where we're at. And I don't want to take too long away from the topic today. So if it's good with you, why don't we go ahead and hop into the topic of today's show? Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody. So we're going to try something a little different this time. I've been wanting for a while to try being in a spot where like, we can actually look at each other while we talk and see how that goes. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about today's topic. So why don't you tell people what it is? Well, we're going to talk about compersion because we get all kinds of questions about compersion. Like, what is it? How do I get it? How do I maintain it if I'm feeling it and things get rocky. So we wanted to really dive into what compersion is and how you can actually get to having compersion in your relationships. So let's start with what it is. So you want to start with like kind of like what most people think of compersion, like compersion is or? Well, like why don't we just start with like what compersion really is and then we can kind of dive into what it's not. Okay. So compersion is a non-selfish joy that you have when you see your partner or others in your life having happiness with someone else, right? It's that good feels that you have when you see your partner, and particularly when we're talking about non-monogamy, doing things or interacting with their other partner and being happy and joyful for that experience for them. Well, yeah, it's it's really at the end of the day, it is this in non-monogamy, right? When you're talking about compersion, when people are talking about compersion, you're looking at being happy for your partner that they have other partners in their lives or when they're with their other partners or when they're having conversations with you about, uh, you know, what they did with their other partners. And this is like, this is one of those like polyamory ideals, right? You know, when I'm talking to people, 
um, and I'm talking to people about what they want in their relationships, I can't tell you how many times, especially if people are in like a jealous place right now, which I know we're going to talk about, but how many times one of the things that they want is to be in a spot where like their partner comes home from being on a date and instead of being anxious and angry and upset in comparing themselves like they watch their partner walk through the door and they see them lit up by having this other person in their life like the time they spent with them right and that makes them happy and fulfilled instead of anxious and people want that because they want to be able when their partner's happy to be happy for them instead of being emotional and being upset and dragging them down or sabotaging their relationship or just being miserable, right? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, who wants to be the wet blanket in their relationship with their partner, right? No one no one wants their partner coming in, being happy, excited, and being the person that's like, grr. So folks, you're bear with us. We're going to adjust a little bit while we're doing this. Like I said, we really wanted to do this. It's kind of weird, like sitting in front of a computer and talking to each other without talking to each other. So we're going to try, but there might be a little adjusting this time as we go and get it right. Well, we'll give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So why don't we talk about what folks believe compersion is that isn't accurate? Well, before we do that, can we talk about... <sighs> For the people who are like, I don't think compersion is a thing. I don't think you can be happy for someone else's happiness in a relationship, right? Or I don't understand how that's possible because I know there are people like that. What would you say to them? So first off, compersion is not this, this thing that only poly people do, right? Like compersion is something that we've all felt at some point. So if you're a parent, you've had times that maybe you didn't go out with your kid and your partner, right? And they went out and they had a great day and they came back and they said, oh, I had a good day. And you're filled with joy. Or your partner, right? They get that promotion at work or something like that. And uh, their boss complimented them. They got told that they were hot stuff by their, their, their boss. Not in the same kind of hot stuff as like their partner telling them that. But you get what I'm saying, right? And you're overjoyed to hear them talk about their own excitement them to to be uh, super excited and things like that actually makes you have joy, like a genuine joy. And it's almost like a thankfulness and gratitude that there's other people in the people in your life that you love that make them happy, that bring them joy. Well, and kids, so anybody with kids, because I know a lot of the, a lot of people have kids. Kids are really the easiest example for this, right? And it doesn't even have to be. And I think this is something that's, that's really easy to see when you're talking about like children. It doesn't even have to be something that you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm just trying to think, you know, we have a little lion. She's what, 19 months now going on like four years old and <laughs> ridiculous, right? And just being in a spot, like, okay, like, here's a really easy example. I'm not a big pool person, right? And we went recently on, like, a a family um, trip with our, you know, our nesting partner and our kids. And we went to the mountains for a few days and, you know, and did, like, a working vacation, like, clients at some point, hiking at others. It was really awesome. But, you know, one of those periods, we went to the pool. And she was so happy. And it isn't even something that... You know me. I'm not a big pool person. You're right? not. I could take the pool. I could leave the pool. I usually, love pools. usually leave the pool. <laughs> right. Usually leave the pool. But still, like seeing her so happy to be there, like made me happy. Right. And that's I think what a lot of people miss when they're talking about compersion is is seeing, you know, even if you're in a spot where you really struggle with it, or you know, if you're in a spot where you don't even see how that's possible, understanding that we all have this in other areas of our life. Right. It's when we get to our romantic relationships, um, that it tends to start getting pretty complicated. Yeah, it's when we start to think about it in terms of our partner's other mates, right? Whether it is romantic or sexual relationships, that's when we start to see it a little differently. And you know, I'm thinking as we're talking about this, right? The reason people, I think, struggle with it in romantic relationships that I see with our clients or the people we talk to is the same reason people struggle with compersion in other areas of their life. And it's really simple, right? Which is it's hard to really be happy for somebody when that thing that's making them happy is negatively impacting you, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I'm thinking about like being in a situation where 
you know, your partner lands a promotion, but that's... Oh, I have one. I can give a good example. Okay, go ahead. You with boxing. Oh. That was very hard for me to have Kim Persian around, right? So, like, you were training, like, six days a week. Like, you were... You went a little bit overboard with it. Note to yourself, by the way, if you sign up for a cage fight... <laughs> That's going to require you to spend, like you already work like 60 hours a week. It's going to require you to spend a massive amount of time training. Before you do that. Talk to your partner. Talk to your partner. Lessons learned. You don't have to mess <laughs> it up. Okay, but go ahead. But anyway, right? There was after after my initial ticked offness, I did want to support you with it, right? And I loved you and I cared about you, but it was really hard for me to find Kim Persian around that thing when I knew it was taking away my time. When I knew there wasn't uh, the things in the relationship that I was needing at the time, because you were already working a bunch of hours and things like that. So that's a great example of how like it's really hard to feel that joy and happiness for someone when they're doing something that's actually pretty good for them. Like that was good for your confidence, good for your health, because you were going and working out all the time. Even though I knew all those things, it was still really hard for me to be happy for you. Well, but I do want to pin that, right? Because I think that's really important. I think I think I do just want to, you know, because, you know, and this is this is one of the things that we see people do so often in this world of non-monogamy that we live in is they take things that aren't complicated. I don't want to say aren't difficult, mm -hmm. right? But they take concepts that like aren't complicated and would be easily understood looking at it through the lens of monogamy. But then when it comes to polyamory, they they make it this like massively more complex thing. And again, I'm not saying that to say that it's easy. Like a lot of these problems aren't easy to solve, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is we make it more complicated than it is. So, you know, and this is a really great example because, again, like in the other parts of our lives, we're used to having compersion. That's a normal thing. In the other parts of our lives... We don't think it's weird, right? But like I said, so often when we have things in polyamory, we we take these things that aren't that hard to understand. They may be hard to solve, but they're not that hard to understand. And we throw all this like weird baggage on top of it just because we're talking about non-monogamy and it doesn't need to happen. Okay. So I wanted to throw that in. Back over to you. <laughs> yeah. So one of the big, the big myths that I just kind of want to like knock out the way and then we can kind of get into some of these problems and complications and why people can't find compersion and how you can, is there's this idea that compersion is the absence of jealousy. And it's really problematic, right? And, and even if you don't think it's true, you probably are sitting there like, how is that problematic? It's problematic because it puts the standard that in order to have compersion, in order to have that, you have to get rid of jealousy altogether, right? Not to say that you don't have to get it managed, but it means that you have to get rid of it all. And it means that if you get rid of jealousy, suddenly you have compersion. And that's the bigger problem. That's not necessarily always true, right? Doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to get rid of, you know, the bad things that are going on. And suddenly every situation I'm going to feel good about. And that's just not how that's going to work. I have something to say, but I know you have another piece and I think it'll fit in better after that. So go ahead. Yeah. So, and, and this is where the kind of like, it gets, you talked about overcomplicated is that a lot of times in the non-monogamous communities, folks think that compersion is this either or, right? Like either you are in compersion or you're jealous and it's, it's a spectrum. And what the opposite of jealous really is. It's not compersion. It's security. It's feeling good. It's being okay with your partner having other partners and doing these things. Compersion is like the next level up. And, ob and obviously that's something that a lot of people want to drive towards and it's important, but it's not the opposite. But is it really even a level up or is it really something different because you know i think you know it's entirely possible to get rid of jealousy and to not have compersion right i think it's entirely possible to also have compersion while you feel jealous you know especially i think of people we've worked with who maybe um maybe have like a thing for their partners being with other people and still feel horrible 
though about their partners being with other people, even though it's like a turn on and they're happy for their partner, they're still miserable themselves. So, I mean, is it really even that it's the next level or is it that it's, it's really even something separate from jealousy? I didn't mean next level. It's a different level. It's a different level of feel good. It's a different level of, uh, it's a different level of emotion and connecting to those things, right? That happiness. And there's two reasons I think this is so important to realize this, this distinction that we're talking about, right? Number one, because people tend to have this thing in their heads that like if they don't have compersion, that they're just not good polyamorous people. And it's not just that they think that, it's that they're also hearing that. And it's also being reinforced by a lot of other people in their spaces and their communities that, you know, if they don't feel compersion about their partners doing stuff, right, that they just they just aren't good poly people. And and that's connected to this other idea, which I think is is just as um just as problematic, right? Which is this idea that like you said, you know, there's like, if you're a good enough polyamorous person, you will hit a certain level of compersion. And when you hit a certain level of compersion, your jealousy will be gone. <laughs> and if you're feeling jealous, the real problem is you just have not achieved the appropriate, you haven't gained the appropriate amount of like experience points to level up to that degree of polyamory at which you will feel compersion and not jealousy. You didn't earn your poly wings yet. Yeah, you just you just haven't gotten yeah you haven't gotten the experience points. Like you get enough, you level up. Like you're, it's, and that's really it's really damaging, right? It's really damaging because number one, like you said, compersion is the opposite of jealousy, and and getting to a place where you feel compersion doesn't mean you're not going to feel jealous and vice versa, right? But also just because, like I said, like it isn't it isn't necessary to feel compersion to have happy and and healthy polyamorous relationships like it's definitely a bonus to have that but you don't need it yeah and so i'm gonna shift gears in a second okay but just to kind of like point that out you know i want to take a, a, a little piece of what you said which is you don't have to feel conversion now what if you want to right and that's perfectly fine it's it's an absolutely good goal right to be in a place where you want to achieve having conversion. But it's important to recognize that when you don't have conversion, that isn't the problem in your relationship. And that's where a lot of folks go kind of sideways is they think, well, I don't feel conversion. So that's the problem in my relationship. That's what's causing the pain. That's what's causing uh, me and my partner not to get along. That's what's causing a lot of these things to happen. And the truth is, is that the lack of compersion is a symptom of what's actually going on. It's not actually the cause, it's the symptom, right? So then what is it that happens then when people believe that that lack of compersion is the symptom? Or sorry, is the problem Versus instead the of the symptom, yeah. Yeah, so... What happens is they focus on the conversion. They're like, oh, so I'm, I'm going to Google. That might be how you found us, right? <laughs> like you, you, you go looking for like, how do I, how do I find conversion? What do I do? You go on YouTube at three in the morning. You wind up pulling up videos like this. We're you not go into, talking directly to you. You go into, um, <laughs> unless we are, <laughs> unless you we go are. into polyamorous Facebook groups and look at what everybody's saying about conversion, how you're yeah. awful for not having any. Yeah. So, so you end up spending a lot of time working on trying to build compersion. And we'll talk a, a little bit about like ways to find compersion and things like that. But you end up ignoring and neglecting the real problems that are going on, right? Um, you end up spending a lot of time focused on trying to create that feeling of compersion versus fixing the problems that are causing you not to be able to find conversion. Well, yeah, and I think that's an important piece, right? Because, and, and here's the problem with this. So this is what I want to throw out here for people. So like we said, lack of conversion isn't the problem. What is the problem? It's feeling jealous. It's feeling insecure. It's, you know, like most people, when, when you're looking at conversion as a solution, the problems you're looking to solve are feeling jealous or feeling insecure or feeling anxious. Really, that's, that's it. We're feeling afraid. Right. And that if you can just fix it, that's going away. The problem is, again, that isn't actually fixing the problems at all. And 
you know, what happens when you focus on the compersion end of it is you don't actually address the issues that are there. You don't address the feelings of jealousy. You don't address being insecure. You don't address, uh, you know, the anxiety. And it's not just that you don't address the feelings of those things, right? It's that you don't address whatever's at the root cause of those problems. You don't address why you're insecure. You don't address the problems that are leading you to feel anxious. You don't address the things that are going on in your relationship that are leading you to feel jealous. Because, you know, any of you who have heard us talk about jealousy before know this, but anytime you're talking about jealousy and insecurity, which are really kind of two sides of the same coin, right? There's the feelings that you're having, but 95% of the time, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's also the things that are going on in the relationship, the patterns that are there, the interactions between you and your partner that are making you feel those things. So again, maybe you're feeling jealous because your partner is spending all their time with somebody when you're not getting your time needs met. Like you've been complaining for years that you don't have any time and they keep telling you, oh, there's none available. There's none available. And now all of a sudden they're spending like three days a week and every evening with this new person, right? Or your intimacy has sucked and now your partner's coming home and is just like, can't shut up about how awesome the sex is with, with their new fling. Or you know your relationship's super rocky and you have this feeling that as your partner connects with this new person, right, that that distance between you is just going to keep growing and growing and you see their awesome relationship. You're like, well, ours sucks. And you worry that your partner is going to leave you, right? And none of those things do you fix by focusing on compersion. Yeah. It's on looking at what's actually going on and focusing there. Um, so where do you want to take the conversation from here? You want to talk about where people get stuck here for just just a little bit longer? Good. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. See, the the great thing about sitting like this is I can read off your social cues and we're not like walking over each other's much talking. The other thing though is I'm not looking at your outline, so I don't know where I'm stepping <laughs> and what you prepared here. So it's like six of one, half dozen of the other. That's okay. We're so I'm far actually away. liking this quite it's a bit. It's so though. far away that like I, I don't even I can't even see. I'm my liking notes. this quite a bit so, though. Like I said, it's weird like talking flowing. to somebody next to you while you're staring in front of you. It's just like an yeah. odd social thing. Yeah. Even when there's a picture of them in front of you. Like yeah. it's strange. We need to work on the like setup a little bit, the but I think we're yeah. yeah. I feel like we're kind of far apart. If we were standing up, maybe I don't know. We can we can give it different different tries, different positions. So stuck. You were saying talking about the stuck. So yeah, no, I I really want to hammer this because this is really important, right? Anytime you're in a situation where you are focusing on something that is not the problem, the problems are getting worse right? You can't fix the problems when you're not focusing on the problems. And this is what is so troublesome, right? About how off track polyamorous people get a lot of times in trying to fix their issues and not understanding what's really going on underneath. Because again, if what you think the problem is here is a lack of compersion. Okay. So here's the thing, right? You know, we, we mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, it is possible to have some compersion while these other problems are going on, right? But that's actually super hard. Most people don't do that, right? That That's more of like a thing, like I said, like you have like a, a kick for that. And so you're able to hold in your head at the same time, like being turned on by that, but also- I would say it's not even just that. I think some of us have a low bar of being able to like, even if I'm miserable, I can find a little bit of happiness for you. It doesn't right. even have to be a kink, right? It doesn't have to be a kink. It doesn't have to be something like getting my rocks off. Yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. I think all of us, because we love our partners, have a little bit somewhere flair of, I'm happy for you. But that little, that little, that little, I'm happy for you having something that you're happy about only lasts so much mm -hmm. when you're unhappy, when you're unfulfilled, when you feel unfed in your relationship. That 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 little, you know, bump of like, I'm going to be happy for you no matter what, isn't enough. Even if it's there, it's not enough. Well, let's feed into that. So let's use that as an example, right? So, and this is the problem when you focus on the conversion. So you're like, oh man, the real problem is I just need to be happier for you. So let's use the time as an example. I'm not getting my time needs met. I haven't been for a long time. I'm not getting that met in this relationship. And now you're off spending all your time with somebody else. Well, I can focus on being happier for you. I can try and do that. And maybe I'm the slightest bit successful, at least in the short term. But what winds up happening is because I haven't fixed the time problems, right? And I haven't fixed the feelings that I have around that. In the meantime, I'm getting more and more and more upset 
that my needs are getting met and I'm having to watch somebody else do that, right? Mm -hmm. And it's getting harder and harder and harder for me to maintain that little bit of happiness for you. And at the same time, other problems are exploding in our relationships, right? We're getting more distant. We're arguing more. I'm feeling more jealous. So, you know, I I just want to throw this out because, you know, this isn't just like, you know, I want to throw everybody, there's always a cost to not fixing the root problems that are going on. And when you focus on the wrong things, this isn't just, oh, you know, uh, this other problem isn't getting fixed, right? It's that these other problems are usually getting worse as time goes on and they're unresolved and they keep getting activated and triggered, right? And and then that's setting off other things in the relationship because that's how relationships work, right? Now, now because I'm insecure, I'm biting your head off and now we're arguing and now we're feeling more distant and now I'm more jealous and now I'm feeling guilty that I'm, it, you know, it, this is how relationships It's the go. relationship. Synergy. Yeah. It's, it's just the way it works, right? All of the, the parts of our relationship play into each other. And when we focus on the wrong thing, we set that domino effect into our relationships where we're bumping from one new problem to the next because we're not actually focused on the core issue that's going on. So I think we drive that home quite a bit. So get off your soapbox, Ross. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm picking a little bit, but I think folks want to kind of find out like, so like what is, you know, the, the truths about compersion? What is, um, how can I find it? Okay. How can I get it? So let's spend a little time there. So here's the first really, it's going to sound kind of counterintuitive, but just bear with me. The first thing in finding compersion is accepting that you're not going to feel compersion about everything. That is going to be the first thing for you. If you are wasting energy and time dreading the fact that you can't get through everything in compersion... You're just going to stress yourself out. You're going to be upset and you're never going to find compersion anyway. And there's certain things that maybe you are never going to have compersion for. So I'm going to, I'm going to use the, the example of the person who wrote into us, right? Cool. Um, we had someone who wrote in a, a while back and she was talking about her and her partner and she was like, basically, the short version is her partner who she's only seeing like once a week now. They live together, but because of her partner's work and because of her partner's other relationships, they're only really spending like one day a week together. They have one bedroom. They're in a one-bedroom apartment. And her partner is having orgies in the bedroom, in their bedroom, in their shared bed, um, with three other people, one whom he cheated on her with. And she's out in the living room because, you know, during COVID right now, she can't go out and do things, right? And she's really upset because she can't find that compersion for her partner. And this right here, folks, and <laughs> listen, we're taking it to extremes here, but this is what we're talking about. Yeah, like, and how many people told her that she just needed to find compersion in that situation? Tons. And that was the thing. She wrote in talking about how, like, you know, she brought this up in another poly group and folks were like, you need to work on your breathing exercises and you need to, like, work on like writing out your thoughts and not saying any of those things are bad techniques for like you need to work on your boundaries but like wow like there's not a lot of folks out there who are going to feel compersion around that right there is so many layers the fact that she's stuck in the same house having to listen to it that it's in their bedroom that it's with somebody that her partner previously cheated on there is so much there that needs work beyond her feeling compersion and I'd want to throw out, and the reason I said that, the reason I said she needs boundaries is because, again, the problem here isn't compersion, mm-hmm. right? The problem is that a lot of those things are going to suck. And if some of those things are boundaries for her, like her partner sleeping with people in her bed or connecting with this person he cheated with her on or doing all of those things while she's in the living room listening, yeah, right? Like the answer to that isn't have more compersion. The answer to that is you need to have boundaries and agreements around like what's going on in your home and when. Yeah. And most people would struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> and and the thing was when she wrote into us she was in like a really bad spot cuz she was like I'm being told that I'm just not poly enough that I'm I'm not strong enough to be in non-monogamous relationships and the truth is that's bullshit right like we all have things that we are never going to feel compersion about like there there's going to be things that like 
just don't work for us. And they don't always have to be super egregious, right? Like there's kinds of play that you do that like, I'm like, don't want to know about, don't want to be around for, don't really feel compersion. Like, cool. Do you? I'm never going to feel compersion about people eating your tomatoes. Like, that's just the thing. Like, right. Like I, I love eating your tomatoes off your sandwiches and I just don't derive joy from other people eating your tomatoes. I can tolerate it to a certain extent, but it's not something that I feel great about. Right. And it can be little things like that, but it doesn't make you a bad poly person. It doesn't make you not non-monogamous because you don't feel compersion about everything. And as I said, if you accept that, then you can start. Then you can start actively, right? Actively looking for the places where you can have compersion. And well, and even when you have it, you're not gonna have compersion all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because compersion is an emotion and our emotions are... yeah and you know one day something that we have x emotion about we have y emotion about right like someday our partner singing may be like awesome and bring us gratitude and the other day it may like piss us off because we're in a bad mood so you know even when you have compersion because it is an emotion it's not like you're gonna have that all the time or even in 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 every situation like every similar situation the same time no it's gonna wax and wane so how do you find compersion? Like, what is the first step in finding compersion? And this is a question that we get a lot. Go ahead. Well, because I do want to say, because compersion is awesome. It is. Like, when you have it, just like, and this is this is the thing. Do you mind one second here? Go ahead. I'm hoping this is not order. <laughs> probably, but we're just kind of spitballing today. <laughs> okay. This is, like I said, it's probably not looking at your outline. Is I'm like, I don't know if we're going to miss it or not. It's fine. You know, so it's really important to understand you don't have to feel compersion to be a good polyamorous person. Like Mm -hmm. you can be, like we said, like great, have a happy, healthy, thriving relationship and never feel compersion. And maybe that's you. And that's fine. But the reason so many people want compersion beyond just thinking it's going to fix their problems is because compersion is awesome Mm -hmm. when you have it. So I want all of you here, if it's something that you want to, to find compersion, I just want you to find it for the right reasons. I don't want you to find it because you think it's going to fix things it's not going to fix. Or you think that you're a, a bad polyamorous person. I want you to find it because it's awesome. And I wanted to let you talk about how awesome it is for a minute. And again, hopefully that wasn't later on in the outline. It was It was literally in the sentence that I was saying. So it's All fine. right, cool. Um, so here's the thing, right? Like, you know, we want to talk to you about like how you can take that first step in finding it, right? Because it is awesome and it is fun. And it can, it can make your relationship better, right? It's not going to solve the problems, but when those problems are solved and you have compersion, it can make your relationship more fulfilling and full because you get to celebrate with your partner and have these experiences where you're able to connect with them about the other things, the other people, the other experiences that they're having in their life. And that feels great. It feels great when we're able to have those conversations that are that are open and honest and free of anxieties and frustrations and hurt, right? Where we're having those conversations and it is light and gentle and fun. Most of us want that, right? Most of us want that. So how do you take that first step, right? How do you take that first step towards being there, right? And if you're having a hard time connecting with compersion, if you're having a hard time connecting with that emotion, the first place to start is just to be thankful, right? If you are like, oh, I'm not happy with the time or blah, 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 be thankful that your partner's happy, right? Find the little places where you can have gratitude and where you can be thankful, I'm not saying this process is easy, okay? Because some of you are probably like, I, I, I'm not thankful at all. If you're looking for conversion, the first step is really just actively finding, even if it's just a shred. Like maybe you're like, I am completely pissed off that my partner came home late and that like X, Y, and Z happened and I'm not happy. But, but I am thankful that when they got home, they were happy. Or I'm thankful that it gave me time to spend with my kids. Maybe it's something that isn't directly about them. It's just finding thankfulness from the beginning. So that's like the first thing. The second thing is, again, not getting stuck on finding conversion about everything. 
It's about the things where you actually can authentically be thankful, right? Don't get stuck on trying to be thankful for every interaction that your partner has with somebody else, but the things that you can really actually authentically be thankful for. Like, I'm thankful that you found someone for a while to go for early morning runs with because that is something I will never, ever do. And it got you calmed down for the day and less hyper and less trying to like run out the door on vacations, right? Like, I am thankful that you found somebody that could have that experience. And and for most of us, right, we're, we can find those things, even if it is like, I'm thankful my partner's partner got them out of the house and went to this thing that I never wanted to go do, right? So find the things that you authentically can feel thankful about. We had a couple of friends in our circle a while back. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Vegan fucking apple pie yeah. is what you're getting going Where to. we were out and we were having dinner and he was going on talking about this amazing day that he had with his partner going out and picking apples and making vegan apple pie. And she was like, you know, this is the thing. Like, I don't... His other partner. His, his other partner. His other partner. Yeah, his other partner. And his wife's like, I, this is this is the thing. I don't understand how, how I could possibly be jealous of that, right? Like, because I don't know what I was doing. But it sure as hell was more fun than making vegan apple pie. And I'm glad he had somebody to do that with. <laughs> yeah. She was genuinely thankful. <laughs> yeah, she was genuinely thankful that she did not spend her Saturday picking out apples and then making vegan apple pies for like 12 hours. She was super thankful for that. So like we all have that in us somewhere. So find those places where you can be authentically thankful and start there. Don't try to be thankful. Don't try to be blissful over the things that you're actually struggling with. Start with the things that you actually can be authentically thankful for. From an emotional end. It's okay to be struggling with the things that you're struggling with. Obviously, you want to fix those things. Mm -hmm. But trying to pretend that you're not suffering when you are and you're not struggling when you are doesn't serve anyone. So don't try and cover up whatever struggles, whatever you know pains you're having in your relationship. Don't try and cover that up with this like false sense of comparison. It doesn't work. Yeah. So with that, you know, the last step is really focusing on those problems, right? The last step in, in finding compersion is removing the things that are causing you to have the bad feels. Because here's the thing, I can become a lot more thankful for the experiences that you're having. I can genuinely feel joy for my partner for their experiences when I am feeling whole in my relationship. I can genuinely feel just really good about what you're doing when I am not battling you for my needs, when we're when I'm not feeling insecure and thinking our relationship is going to end. Well, it's really what we were talking about at the beginning, right? Just with anything else in life where we make it more complicated. It's easier for me to feel happy when you're being happy, when your happiness isn't making me miserable or dragging me down in some way, right? And I don't mean, by the way, people, I don't just mean... I'm not just talking about complete unreasoned jealousy, right? I'm not just talking about it's dragging me down just because you have somebody else in your life, mm -hmm. right? But I'm, I'm talking about all the other ways in which that might actually be dragging me down, whether it's a worry that this person is going to replace me because we're not solid or it is arguing or it is the lack of time or it is, like I said, not getting my needs met and having a magnifying glass put on that with other people. When you can get the ways that you are being hurt by your partner's happiness out of your way, that's when you open the door to having that kind of happiness for them, just like you do in other areas of your life where your partner's happy and it's not hurting you. Yeah. It's about making sure that you're in a place where you are not struggling with feeling insecure, feeling lonely, going through all that. And getting in the way, because really it's it's those things getting in the way of you being able to just celebrate your partner's experiences. It's 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 having those things be in the way of you being able to just experience them without all that baggage along with it. 
And I mean, look, figuring out for you what it is that needs to be fixed, it isn't the most complicated in the thing in the world, right? I mean, you want to role play for a second? <laughs> sure. Okay. You're, 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 and this is a conversation you have with yourself or mm-hmm. have with someone else, someone like us. I don't suggest having this with your partner. No, Probably do not have well. this with your partner. Right? But I'm, <laughs> I'm demonstrating this to you for your inner dialogue with two people. So Cassie, you come to me, you're like, Josh, I don't have compersion. I don't have compersion. Okay. So when your partner's out with somebody and you're not feeling happy and compersion, like, what do you feel? Like, what is going on? I am feeling... I am feeling angry that we haven't gone out in a very long time. I am feeling like my partner doesn't care about my time. And I feel like my partner doesn't value me because we don't do things together. Okay, see, that's already there. Now, the other thing that I want to note for most people, though, is most people, like even if you're talking yourself in this, you're not going to go all those layers at once, right? Most people, it's going to be like... I'm jealous. Okay, and you know... (laughs) When you're jealous, like what exactly is going through your head and your heart when you're feeling jealous? And that's where you have to go into all those layers. Well, I'm angry. Well, what are you angry about? But you can ask yourself this. But listen, it isn't that hard because you know, right? Like most, most people they know and you may not have like that insight with like the level of like expertise that you get from like talking to one of us. But most people have a general idea right? What it is that's actually going on. Like you're not just like when you're talking to yourself about this, you're not just like, oh, I don't have compersion. And maybe what other people are telling you, but when you're talking to yourself about this, you're like, oh God, we're arguing all the time. Oh God, I'm worried they're going to leave me. Or, oh God, I don't get any time. Or, oh God, like he hasn't looked at me the way he's looked at them in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Figure out what's going on. When you remove those things, right? When you, 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 you actually, instead of focusing on just trying to create like this, like false sense of compersion by trying to force yourself to be happy for your partner about things that you're not happy about. Like when you actually are able to figure out again, how is, how is their happiness hurting you? Like, that's the question to ask yourself. How is their happiness hurting you? And when you can figure that out, then you're in a position to actually fix those things. And only from fixing those things, are you in a way, position to take those things out of the way? So you can actually really truly experience that compersion, which again, may not be necessary, but it's awesome. And while the compersion itself may not be necessary, fixing whatever it is that is causing you to be unhappy about your partner's happiness, because you may get to a point where you're no longer unhappy about their happiness. You're just not thrilled. Cool. But fixing those things is necessary for the security and health of your relationship. So that way you're not sabotaging, you're not causing arguments, there isn't all this stuff building that then can cause problems, you know, even bigger problems and perhaps you and your partner not being able to work through that. Yeah. So, um as you said, even though it's it's not necessary but awesome to have compersion, it is necessary to be in a place where you have removed those fears, those insecurities, and doubts. But again, once you have removed those things, right? Once you've removed those things that are staying in the way of, of you being happy for your partner's happiness, then you can be in that spot where they do come home from a date and you do see that happy look in there and you are genuinely happy for them and you are able to have those discussions about like how it went and actually really be thrilled if that's what you want. Yeah. You get to be that supportive, happy partner versus not. Yeah. So where do you want to go from here? Or is that it? I think we summed it up pretty we've, well. Yeah, we've, we've gone on about that a little bit. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? It is a simple concept. It's something that you mentioned before. Like this idea of like, of course, I'm going to be able to be more happy for my partner when I'm happy in the relationship that I have with my partner. It's not always easy to get there, right? Sometimes it takes making big shifts in your relationship to get to a place where you can genuinely feel happy for your partner again. And sometimes it can even be hard for you to dig beneath the surface of the jealousy or the not feeling compersion or whatever to figure out like what is really going on that needs to be fixed, especially if you've been in patterns for years and years and years. Which many folks have. So if that's the case, right? For you, if you're like, there is, there's been things going on. I've, I've done a little bit of this, like thinking about what is causing my hurt, my fears. And even if you don't know what it is, but I I recognize that this is something that's been going on for a while and I'm tired of being stuck. Even if you're just like, hell, I really want compersion in my relationship. 
or I just want a healthy, happy relationship and I don't know how to get there. Yeah. Go ahead and, and book a call with one of us and we can get on a phone call and talk to you about what's really going on. Yeah. Um, so go to a touchfailure.com forward slash talk. Um, you know, you'll see our calendar, right? You pick a time that works for you. Go to like a short little form that's got just some info that we really need to know to prepare for your call. And then when that time rolls around, you know, we'll dive in. It'll be the best hour you've ever spent on your relationships. And we'll really dive into what is it that's going on? What are those things, uh, you know, that are going on in your relationship that is where your partner's happiness is hurting you, but not just what are those, like coming up with a step-by-step plan to how do we actually solve those things, right? To get to a point, not just where our relationship is happy and healthy and loving and intimate and secure, but then because that stuff is out of the way, I can be genuinely, truly happy for my partner's happiness because it's no longer hurting me and get to that compersion. So yeah, if that's something that you want for yourself, go ahead, go to touchflare.com forward slash talk, book that call and we'd love to talk to you, right? Um, but if nothing else, I really just want, can you sum up what we really want people to take away from this? Okay. Um, so kind of like the, the three bullet points. Three bullet points. Okay. First off, you don't have to feel compersion about everything. Compersion is awesome though. And it's going to be four. Um, <laughs> compersion starts with having gratitude and genuine feelings of celebrating your partner's other experiences. And thirdly, the best way to get there is to remove the friction that is causing that pain, that suffering while your partner is happy. And I think that's pretty much it, folks. So without further ado, it was a pleasure talking to you and we'll see you again here soon. Maybe sitting the same way, <laughs> maybe standing, maybe facing We're going to try some again. different things out. We don't know. We're going to figure out what works best. But until then, everybody have a fantastic rest of your day and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step -step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing has worked before. We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year. And here's the truth, building loving, thriving relationships that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance to make that happen. And unfortunately, when you are building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it, but that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world save their families, get the passion back, and become best friends again. So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.